earlier this month, I gave you my perspective on loving your money. And today I bring in the latest Reina panel to talk just about this so you can gather a different perspective. That's coming right up. So be sure to stay tuned. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's dose of money confidence. Que hubo, como los colombianos dicen, how is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. I appreciate you being here. Now today we've got the latest Reina panel. If you recall, in episode 204, at the very beginning of this month, I gave you my take on loving your money versus loving money. And I thought it would be good to bring other perspectives because my perspective is that's just what it is, my perspective. And it's really good to get some insight and thoughts from other people. So I can't wait to introduce these ladies to you. Before we get started, though, I wanted to make sure that you are aware of the Cafecito Lounge, which is only available on the Himalaya app. There you get office hours with me, bonus episodes, PDFs, and you can try it for free with the code DINERO. The link is in the show notes and at the very end of this episode. Now let's get to introducing these fantastic ladies. We have Laura Fortuna, who is a Latina entrepreneur, coach, tax accountant, public speaker, and an NFEC certified financial education instructor. And prior to becoming a personal finance coach, Laura worked as a tax professional for a multinational public accounting firm. She graduated from Salem State University's business and accounting undergraduate program and earned a master's in taxation from Northeastern University and is also currently a certified public accountant. As a personal finance coach, Laura educates Latinas through her social media platforms, YouTube, and the CFO community, a monthly newsletter. Laura's mission is to financially empower the Latino community one woman at a time. Then we have Claudia Parada, a San Francisco Bay Area native. Claudia completed her bachelor's at San Francisco State University Latinx Studies program and is currently pursuing a master's degree in integral counseling, psychology, training, and humanistic approaches to therapy. She has a passion for working with people of color, to remember and reimagine the way they heal together in today's world. Claudia uses eight years of holistic life coaching experience and five years of apprenticeship in the Mesoamerican tradition to support clients uncover their own inner wisdom around what health and healing means for them. Then we also have Cristina Tello. Cristina is a military spouse, mom of three, and the creator of Unleash Your Truth. She holds online and in-person workshops teaching women how to use journaling as a tool to remove their limiting beliefs, find their identity, and step into their authentic selves. 
Her mission is to empower women all over the world to not be scared to do this dirty work that comes with self-growth. In today's episode, you're going to learn the different meanings of what loving your money means because there's no one perfect definition, as well as diverse perspectives from the panel on how Latinos see money, which was interesting, and how the negative connotation of loving money appeared in their financial life, as well as what their relationship to money looks like. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer these reinas of their money. Bienvenidas. Welcome. We've got another Reina panel here. And this month has been all about loving your money. It's the month of February. So Valentine's. So we're just talking about love. We've got a fantastic panel for you today. And ladies, welcome, welcome. I'm excited to have you here. So let's get started with the discussion. And I'm excited. I reached out to each one of you just based on some of your post, what I see, or uh, conversations that I've had via email, and I thought you would be a fantastic addition to this discussion. For me, I'm a big believer that you need to love your money. It's an experience that I've had where I've always always good with money, but I realized later on when I was an adult that I didn't really love it. I feared it. I had this feelings of if I hoarded it, it was a bad thing. If I had too much of it, I feel like it, it wasn't the right thing. So what for you, let's start with you, Laura. What does loving your money mean to you? And has it always been that way? Now, loving my money means seeing it as an ally, as something that can help me to accomplish whatever goals I have. So it's more like a, like a friend that you want to treat well because your, tr- your friend is going to you know, you don't want to necessarily see it as a person, but just as a good friend that helps you go through life and do the different things that are important to you. Now, it wasn't like that all the time. I remember that I used to associate money with politics and power and corruption. So whenever I used to see someone with money, it was more, I was always questioning Oh, how did they get it? I don't want, and I didn't want to be associated with that as someone that uh, had money and have that questioning of how did she get it? Or it was just something that I didn't, I just didn't want, didn't see people with money as something positive. And it's just growing up in a, you know, I, I grew up in the Dominican Republic and uh, corruption and power is, very and money is usually very um, they're all tied together so that's how it was before for me i was gonna add on to that question because i was wondering if it was tied to your culture where you were brought up i was curious so why the politics because that was very very interesting well thanks for that claudia how about you yes i love this question i was doing some reflection on this as well and Similarly to you, Laura, yeah, the way that I love my money is I kind of decided uh, one day that I was going to start courting it. I was like, what would it be like if, you know, I got to know it like we were dating, writing letters, really uncovering my own nuanced emotions behind it, right? Because we always have energy or emotion or an experience around money and all those old stories that I was hanging on to. 
So I was really learning a lot about myself and I was really learning a lot about my relationship with money through that um, and becoming closer like a friend, like what you were saying. And yeah, I think that has really transformed the way that I love money. Previously, I was definitely more, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I have this very gendered narrative around money where I was like, well, I'm the, I'm the woman, so I really don't know. Like I've never, I think when I was little, I just somehow picked up the story that I just didn't really know what to do with it. And it was more of the man of the household type of thing. And I think that was definitely a piece that was more cultural for me anyway, in my household. I kind of thought to myself at some point, like, oh, I'm never going to have those big ideas that are going to bring in the big bucks, right? So that was kind of like the work that I had to unlearn through learning about how I am with money. Love it. Thank you. How about you, Christina? Now as an adult, loving money is more about me respecting it because I didn't really understand it. For me, it was just a piece of paper that I used to get something um, or that I had to work to get. And now it just means something completely different. It's having a respect in the way I think about money and what it can do and how it can help others and just kind of seeing it with a different point of view now as an adult than I did before. And now being respecting it where I am responsible with my money, you know, doing what I need to do but also having fun with it too. And so before you didn't feel that way. So how were you feeling before? Um, it was always, you know, the stigma money is bad. You know, rich people who have money are always greedy. You know, it was always just that, especially mm -hmm. growing up, parents would always tell me, you know, you have to work really, really hard to get what you want or people who do have money, they're, you know, they're mean, they don't help out others. So it was always that negative that came with having wanting more money. I hear you. That was me. That was me for sure. And when it comes to our Latino culture, how do you feel Latinos see money? Do you think we were brought up? I mean, I think we already answered this. Do you think we were brought up to love our money? So do you want to tackle that one, Claudia? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. I, would, I have a lot of thoughts about this. And yeah, I mean, I my family also uh, from Nicaragua too. And so I think that there's a story in there as well that we we definitely were brought up to kind of see money as something that was like we're it's not something that's for us like it's not attainable and separated from the people like we are separated from the people who are in power who do have the power to get the money they have the whatever the backing is to get it right like the political power or whatever that story is and so that being that that was the reality then like that is how i that is how i realized that i was carrying that story with me now right so for you, Latino see it. And, and it's interesting because I'm, I'm curious because we put all Latinos in like one group, even though our individual countries are slightly have some differences, even even though we may speak the same language, but the things that we say are completely different or they have completely different meanings sometimes. So for you in Nicaragua, it was just seen as not attainable, is what you said, Claudia. Yeah, almost like it has this, like this energy of divisiveness, right? Like my experience has been that, and I, this could be true of uh, many different countries around the world, but it's very like tied to classism, right? So like I have more money, so then I'm separate from you and I have more power. And so like there's a lot of emotion, a lot of energy around that, like being better than. Got it. And how about you, Christina? So how do you feel Latino see money? I think it's something that they don't really talk about, especially to their kids. For me growing up, it was, it always led to arguments between them two. So then when I would think of money and having that talk 
about financials, it, I would, you know, make me uncomfortable because it would remind me of, you know, how they would argue and they would create this whole thing when they would talk about money. So yeah, you know, no one, my dad nor my mom, no one in the family really talked about money and sat me down and said, hey, this is how you need to be responsible. This is how you save and this is what you need to do. So for me, I really had to learn that now as an adult, which is, you know, it's a little harder, but you know, I don't think money is just a subject that isn't talked about in, in the family. I found that the same for me. It was a bl- led to a lot of arguments because there was that lack of. And when my parents, when they tried the businesses and things didn't go well, so it was like, okay, <laughs> there's that lack of, or there was debt. And so it's like bad, right? It was like, I, it was this stigma that we've talked about. And I know, Laura, you mentioned in terms of your experience, uh, Dominicanos, it was more tied to politics and government and uh, sounds like greed. Is there anything else that you have seen in terms of not necessarily Dominicanos, but maybe Latinos that how they see money? Well, I see that there's this underlying limit that we kind of put on ourselves on how much we should be making. Uh, and it's usually, you know, you want to make enough just to pay the bills and maybe a little bit more to, you know, have a little bit extra, but not too much so that you don't fall. Uh, you are basic. I, I personally have experienced um, in my own family, people saying to me, like, why do you make so much money? Like, why do you need all of that? Like, why don't you just make what you need? And then maybe a little bit to travel and visit the family, but I don't need that much money. So it's that view of there's something wrong with having more than what you need. Mm-hmm. And, and if you go for it, that you are not seen as that of a good person. But I don't think that's necessarily true. <laughs> you know, it's not true at all. <laughs> I know I have fell into that trap. I mean, it has affected me in business for, for a time just because it was like, well, I'm not here for the money, but I'm like, well, yeah, I need to make my money because why am I doing this business? But yet I'm like, but it's really not a need. But you, so it wasn't, fortunately, we're in a situation where my money is the extra piece, right? It's not a necessity to live on. So it's, good in the sense that we don't have to worry, you know, because business is up and down, the ups and down of business. But at the same time, it doesn't, uh, sometimes I, I fell in the trap. It, it didn't drive me to like, not to build a business, but to let's get it, let's get more, more revenue, right? So I, I definitely have fallen into that because of those reasons. This, why do I need more? I'm, I'm good. Why? Those type of things. So but there is definitely nothing wrong with it because I've learned, and this is in my own journey and reflection, is that it's because I think I felt that I was hoarding it. And I know I mentioned that earlier. And But I feel like if there's a purpose for that money, and I think people fall into the same trap that, well, they're saving it and they're like, well, we're, I don't know if hoarding is what they would think. That's what I, <laughs> I think. But I think if you have a purpose that you can have that money sit in your bank account or in the investments growing, if there's that purpose, that specific, not, and I think it has to be specific, not just for savings, but savings for what, right? So I think it has to be very specific. Now, we've talked about this, but I want to 
dive a little deeper into that negative connotation about loving money. We've taught, we've, it's already been mentioned, greed. I know materialistic, I, that's, that was, that's been a big one for me. Being superficial, you've, you all brought up. What has popped up in your life? You, you can mention what you've already mentioned, but what do you feel has popped up in your life? And how has this influenced your own personal finance journey? So do you want to go first, Christina? Let me pick on you. <laughs> Knowing that I'm worthy of making more money and there's nothing wrong with it, not feeling guilty for you know wanting to be successful. And where I am now in my journey is understanding that I am in control of what I have and I can, you know, being more responsible with my, you know, with my bills, making sure I'm doing what I need to do and knowing that I can always put more into my business and not have to worry about taking money out because it's there, I have it and it's, if I needed it, it's there, if my family needs it, it's there. So it's just the understanding it of understanding that money is just, it's always going to be there for us. I love it. So it's basically, it's coming from a place of abundance then rather than where I've known. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. I think some of y'all mentioned, I know for me, it was like a place of lack. <laughs> mm -hmm. that there wasn't that money. Awesome. And Claudia, how about for you? Yeah, I think similar to what Christina was saying, the way that it's really popped up for me in my life is it was coming a lot from fear, I realized. And it was really speaking to this like really deep core wounding that it is that I have. And really it was a fear around what will it mean about me if I say or if I have more? If I say that I want X amount of revenue, or if I say that I want these grand or whatever I thought was a grand idea, right? And what will people think or will they turn their back on me? So it was really, really deeply tied to this like deep fears and like my worthiness, right? Like kind of not the same, but like similarly to what Christina was saying. And I think, yeah, at one point I just realized that like, I can actually actively let that story go to understand that that doesn't make me a bad person to say that I want these things. Like, I love what you said, Jen, about having purpose, because that purpose actually like propels me forward, right? Like I can say that I want all the money in the world if I, you know, really wanted that. And um, also to just echo what Christina was saying as well. Yeah, like really getting down to the brass tacks, because like, I'm an energy worker, right? But then also understanding that once I kind of like release a story that I can actually like enter into the numbers of it and really just get into the nitty gritty and understand that like, yeah, these, this is how I can um, achieve my goals. Right. And I love how you phrase it, releasing that story. And for you listening at this very moment, take that in because notice she said story. It's not a permanent fixture in your life. It's a story. It could be a chapter. It's something that you, as she said, release. So I think that's very important to point out. Thank you for that. Now, Laura, how about you? So for me, I also have, I have like a background of also lack of money. And I remember growing up, my goal was always to get educated so that I can make more and not go through that life that we had, but we had just enough barely scraping by. 
But then once I was getting there and I was going through my education and I was making all of this, you know, making great progress, when I realized what my earning potential was, I was somewhat ashamed to express that or even talk about it because I feared that it was going to be that people would just, I don't know, it was some kind of shame around that. Like I didn't want to talk about it. And at some point, as I realized that even what I was going to earn after university, and it really hit me that I said, even this is not enough because I'm not, I don't want to live just to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. And, right. and this is what I want for myself and for my future family. And I had to like make peace with that reality and say, you know, then it's going to be, it's fine if I make more because it will support these dreams that I have of not struggling like I did when I was younger and seeing it as something okay to do and just having more of that conversation with my immediate family members and, and just working towards creating boundaries with family members and all of that, that just changed the way I I started looking at money, that it's okay to have more and to protect it and kind of create, you know, a healthy relationship with money and the relationship that others have with your own money, because it's it's now a one-way street. Sometimes you have different streets kind of (laughs) intersecting and your money is at the center of all of that. So I, I felt that Getting to that point to be to make peace with it was really what changed everything. And you said something that really stuck to me in terms of Latino culture is living to pay bills. And because when I think of one, and, and that evolves, I think depending on the generation of Latino that you are here in the U.S. But when I think I was born in Colombia, and when I think to my upbringing and like uh, mi abuelita, like there was a struggle. It was working to pay the bill. It was literally working to pay the bills. It was working for survival. And then when I think to uh, Latino immigrants, or maybe just immigrants in general, not necessarily Latinos, they come here. Sometimes would you agree that it's about the survival? So it's like living to pay the bills. So and then when does that stop? Like, I think it's, you know, I think we evolved when in the second, third generation, what are your thoughts on that? Well, for me particularly, I would consider myself like at the third generation. If like my grandmother would be the first, she was a stay-at-home mom. My mom decided to that she was going to work outside of the home. But I think the more you educate yourself, you start just realizing what options you have and what lifestyle. And it's up to you how you want to design your life and live your life. So I feel that in my particular experience, just getting an education and surrounding myself with people that were very different from me allowed me to see beyond where I grew up and my, you know, immediate environment. So that definitely helps to shift that mindset from it's okay to be beyond survival mode. Because why why would you sacrifice yourself so much to just be in this constant, you know, fight or flight? kind of state of mind. So that's what I know I have noticed if I would compare myself to let's say my mom, my aunts and my grandma. Yeah. Anybody else want to chime in? Yeah, um, I'll speak to that. I was um, loving I love that question. I also loved your response, Lara, too. I was reflecting on that and just thinking my parents, 
migrated here and I was born in San Francisco. And so I was just thinking like, it felt like their purpose and like the story maybe that they told themselves was like, they came here with the purpose of like creating a foundation or like a fertile ground for a better life for us, right? And so, yeah, like their story was very much around like not necessarily having excess, like having enough or like living comfortably. And like, I feel like that really had this powerful way in which it created space for me to then explore. Like now I can see how I can have a different story, a different purpose, a different way in which I engage my, my limits and I can let those limits go like in the way that they held them. Right. Love that. And Christina. For me, it was, you know, both my parents worked, they worked very hard, you know, they had very, very good work ethic. But so then when I became an adult, I had my, my kids, I was work, 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 work. And when we moved away from our family, and we decided my husband's working, it was an opportunity for me to stay home because I wanted to, you know, be a part of my kids lives more. But then I started feeling less than because I wasn't contributing financially to the family because I had worked all the time. So I didn't realize that I had based a lot of who I was and my worth on contributing to the family. So that was a lot of work that I needed to, you know, work on and understand that I've just provided in a different way now than what I was used to. Yeah. Yes. And that's an important point too, because as women, we take pauses, breaks, we leave the workforce, whether to take care of the kids, I, you know, done that family member, whatever it is. And I think that's definitely an important point as well. Thank you. Now, I recently did a solo episode. This is episode 204, where I talked about the partnership that needs to be taken that I think in my perspective, of course, uh, so that the partnership that is, needs to be taken with your money and the roles that we have versus the role that your money has. So for you, Let's start with you, Laura. What does this relationship look like for you? So what role do you have and what role does your money have? Interesting. I feel that I'm kind of the, if I think about it from roles in a team, I would say that I'm the one that sets the pace and the money will just support me on my, on my plans. So it doesn't drive me, but it supports me. That's how I see my role as I'm the leader and my money is, you know, supporting this vision that I have for myself. Love it. And Claudia? Yeah, I love that, that idea of being the leader. I, I have this idea of, it's going to sound kind of maybe weird, but I just had a baby, right? So I was just thinking of almost like, how do I tend to my money in that loving type of way where I still get to provide structure, guidance, um, direction and tender care with all the details and uh, helping support like helping support it but then of course like what you were saying Laura, it will support me too so not totally like a child but in some ways yeah, structure and care. i love that and i love that perspective because i described it on the podcast as similar to laura being the leader giving the direction and the money waiting for that direction, waiting for you to tell it to it. Just because it's not a human being, right? It's just kind of simply waiting and they'll do what you, you know, money will do what you tell it to do. How about you, Christina? I agree with all three of you guys. I mean, if we're the drivers and money is there just to support us and it's just having that caring relationship with it. You guys are all spot on. 
I agree with all of you guys. Love it. Now, this has been a fantastic conversation. Would, do you have anything else that you feel that you want to add that would make a difference for the person listening today in terms of loving your money? Something that maybe we haven't brought up. I just want to say, first of all, thank you for having me on here. I just want to say where I'm at right now, you know, we talked about generational generations and how, you know, what it's brought down the stigma of money is this is our chance now to break that cycle for the next generation and to really take the time to show them what money really is and grow a relationship with it. Love it. That's powerful. Definitely need to break that cycle. And I will add that we should stop seeing money to fear it, to uh, avoid it. We should more embrace it, get to know our money situation and just embrace it and have it as a relationship that you, that it's, it's something that's part of you, that's part of your life. It's not something that you can, we need money for different things that are important to us. So just see it as a goal to understand it and to embrace it and just um you know learn to roll with it it's gonna be you're gonna have it all your life so just it's gonna be a long a, a lifelong relationship as you said i think on your episode <laughs> might as well enjoy it right right <laughs> and not be miserable <laughs> and claudia how about you yeah i love that the idea of really getting to know money in that the in the relationship sense and I, I think I want to just add in that deep knowing and in some of the things that you mentioned, like, let's make it fun. Like, let's play. Let's have fun with money, right? Like, once we get to know ourselves in the relationship and get to know money and how it works, like, we can play. Let's, let's have fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic. And Claudia, congratulations on the baby, by the way. That is amazing. So thank you, ladies, for joining me, for being the ladies that you are and leading in the Latino space or just in the example that you set for us. So thank you so much for joining me. And we will talk again soon. One of the things that I love about interviewing and doing the Reina panels is that I gain so much new perspective. I learn and I hope that's exactly what you're gaining in this podcast. Hopefully you're learning from me too, but I'm just saying with the interviews and the Reina panels, there's so much new, more insight and perspective. So I hope that you're gaining that and taking everything that you can from it. To connect with these reinas, for Laura, you can go to her Instagram account, which is The Fortune Coach. And for Laura, you can go to her website, which is ClaudiaParadaEnergy.com. And for Christina, you can go to her Instagram account, which is Unleash Your Truth. So Unleash underscore your underscore truth. All of these links are included in today's show notes. So no worries there you can access those there. The reina of this week is an IG follower that goes by the name of B. Of course, on Instagram, the name, sometimes we don't know the names, but she shared recently that she's been bringing her lunch to work all week. And that has been fantastic. Apparently she does that 
uh, normally, but has fallen to not being able to do it. So she felt really good that she, at least for a week, she got back to it because it definitely saves her money. So bringing lunch to work is definitely a big money saver because where I see the most money going out, meaning it disappears, is in eating out. So just bringing something to work to eat is a huge saving a point for sure. In today's panel, as I mentioned, I loved hearing the different perspectives on what it looks like to love your money. Notice that some were similar, some had a little added oomph to what I shared in episode 204. So it, it differs in the, in the perspective and the way that each of the panelists saw that but there are some similarities. So I thought that was interesting, but I definitely took so much away from that. And in continuing your journey to loving your money, which I feel is important because it's a a form of loving yourself. Sometimes I can't say that hating your money or having ill feelings of your money is 100% a reflection of how you feel for yourself, but there is some sort of reflection of it. Maybe not 100%. I'm not the expert on that. But I think there is some sort of reflection on yourself and how you perceive yourself and what you feel you deserve and so forth. So in continuing this journey to loving your money more, be sure to grab your free copy of the My Daily Money Ritual. It will not only help you focus on those areas of your financial life that you need to focus on right now, but it helps you reflect on your money so you can love your dinero more. You can grab your free copy over at jenhempill.com forward slash ritual. La próxima semana and next month in the month of March, we're going to see some replays and some mini episodes. And the theme of the month of March is spring cleaning. It's like cleaning out your finances. So those mini episodes and replays are going to be tailored on that theme. So stay tuned for that. That is it. Eso es todo. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into today's show. Be sure to check out the show notes for the resources I provided you today over at jenhempill.com forward slash 207. Remember to claim your reina crown right now, right this minute. So you don't have to wait. Just know that you don't have to wait. The choice is absolutely in your hands and becoming the reina of your money can start now. You've got this. Tú puedes. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I will talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.